We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we want to welcome you into the Lucky Lefty Podcast, brought to you by Nora Whiskey and featuring or Nora Whiskey. Go to anorawhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. A special guest tonight, former Notre Dame shooting guard, Rex Fluger. Welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. How you doing, Rex? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate the nice warm introduction, man. You've been doing a great job. I've been watching since the beginning. I just want to give you your props. Yeah, I appreciate that. We like to have fun and spend it different, and we're going to do that tonight. So let me tell you our connection. You might not know this. So I spent time working at ESPN for six years, and my first job when I got there was to produce the Notre Dame basketball games. So my direct, my indirect boss at Notre Dame was the greatest engineer I've ever known. His name is Bob Henning. Shout out to Bob Henning. And of course, I worked with Jack Nolan, of course, who was always on the play-by-play. And then you had a multitude of guys that would do the color with him during the season. And it was funny because during the breaks will be the best conversations. And mm-hmm. I swear, like every time we went to commercial break and Jack will be talking either to Bob or the color guy, they will always talk like, oh, my God, I hope Rex is okay. Uh-oh, Rex is limping again. Oh, Rex is grabbing this. Rex is grabbing that. <laughs> it was like, oh, my. Rex, man, look, you were, and let me pay you this ultimate compliment. The term warrior, when it comes to an athlete and laying it all on the line, student athlete and giving everything to the program, my friend, you were the truest definition of that that I've ever witnessed, especially working and producing those Notre Dame basketball games, man. I truly enjoyed hearing your work being painted on the canvas of Notre Dame basketball by Jack Nolan, man. I, I really appreciate everything you gave to the program. Man, you're about to make me tear up right now. I appreciate oh. that. Because sometimes when you do that stuff, you think it goes unnoticed. But then when you hear from behind the scenes, when people actually appreciate what you're going through, what you're pushing through, 
it means the world to you because people forget that athletes are humans too. When we're out there, when we're trying to give it our all every single day, sometimes people just see a Jersey and then maybe they see something that they're betting on, or they just see something that they hope what would happen, but they don't really think about what happens in the day to day, what sacrifices that these people make every single day to play. Because when you bring that up, my mind instantly just went back to that too, which I haven't thought about in a while. Whereas, you know, I was, I was, my dad raised me to be a way where if I can play, I can play. It yeah. doesn't matter how injured, like, because there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. So if I was injured and I literally just couldn't get up and down the court, then yeah, I would sit on not play. But if I had any ability to at least play 75, 80%, and I know I could produce for my team and do what I can to help our team win, I was going to be out there. So during that time when I was out there, was, sometimes people would be like, why is Rex playing so bad? Why is he looking slow and all that? I would hear all that critique, but that didn't matter to me. What really mattered was that I was out there doing what I could to help my team win because I knew I needed to be out there in certain scenarios, especially against certain teams where it's like, money will be fine. But this game means the most to me right now because I'm trying to live in the present. And even though, you know, ultimately in the end of my career, my knee never really fully recovered to what it was, I don't regret putting my putting well myself out there every single day to be able to help and compete with my brothers every single day. So no regrets. Can I tell you my favorite game of yours from producing hmm. Notre Dame basketball? And most people would think, I'm going to show the video of what oh, most no. people would think it is, but this is mine. Yo, the performance you put on when you went back home and played UCLA at Pauly as a Cali kid, because I know growing up in the shadows of Pauly Pavilion, out in California, every kid has to be in love with John Wooden, UCLA, the, the legacy, the stories. And you went out there, you were hurt that night. It was a question whether or not you weren't even going to play pregame. And mm -hmm. the way you went out and the effort you put up, and you guys came up just a little bit short, but you had a fantastic – that's my favorite Rex Fluger game of all time. I appreciate that. That game sticks out to me for so many different reasons. Obviously, I'll try to keep this as concise as I can, but I remember when I was getting recruited by Martin Inglesby, who's now the head coach over at Delaware oh, for the Blue yeah. Hands. Congratulations, congratulations to him. They just made the NCAA tournament. Love that guy, and he's doing great things with that program. But they promised me they would give me a West Coast game if I came out to Notre Dame. And, you know, you're going freshman year, sophomore year. You're like, am I actually going to get this? Or is this, you know, Fugazi, Fugazi? You know? right. And then all of a sudden, when he came into my senior year, like, yeah, we're going to play at UCLA. So right there. And then I was like, this is going to be amazing. I think I had like 180 to 100 people there for that game and everything. Super special. Obviously came up short. I was I, like, I appreciate you giving me the compliment. I'm happy that I played well. I shot well, but. You know, at the end of the day, we didn't get that win, so it hurts the most. But that was actually the day, too, after. I'm a very open book, by the way. Okay. That my mom my mom uh, had her seizure where we figured out that she had brain cancer, too, was the night after that. And so that game, it, it t taught me a lot of lessons. Because after the game, I remember I was crying in the shower because I was upset that we didn't win, just the competitor spit or the competitive spirit in myself. But once I heard that thing about my mom, I was just like, nothing else matters. Right. And it puts everything in perspective. Even though this is a dream game for me, going to Notre Dame, being from Orange County, close to UCLA, being close to that program, understanding everything about it. 
But then at the end of the day, even though I was so upset about the outcome of the game, none of that really mattered. The number one thing that mattered in life is the people that you're closest to. And, you know, obviously with your mom. So I just want to spread some of my two cents with that one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The reason I said it was my favorite game, because you had a lot. Look, you impacted every game you played somehow, some way. If you weren't shooting the ball well, you had a steal. You were defending the, the best score on the team. You did whatever you had to do to impact your team and get a W on that particular night. But it was something special. And I think, as I said before, Jack Nolan did a fantastic job that night because he built up – I mean, I wish – you could ask Notre Dame for, like, the audio of it so you could hear it. The pregame was so dope because it was almost like the fact you walked onto the court was like, – he made it sound like a Willis Reed moment. Like, Rex's, Rex's leg is, like, dangling. He can barely walk, but he's going to give it everything he has because that's what Rex Fluger has meant to this Notre Dame program. It was just he painted this canvas. You're in this historic, historic venue. You're a California kid, and then you go out and do what you do. And it was like a perfect script. But like you said, it would have been perfect if you had gotten a W. In my opinion, a couple of bad calls down the stretch. My a opinion, couple? A couple. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. A couple. Because <laughs> you guys, in my opinion, you thoroughly outplayed them. You deserved to win that game. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. you didn't. But once again. For me, that was my favorite Rex Fluger game. Now, to most Notre Dame fans, this is what they might remember the most. Rex, that had to be the loneliest feeling in the world, bro. Because I want to ask you what made you just take off like you did while everybody was kind of watching TJ and the other Syracuse player. 
But, like, when you get that offensive rebound, it had to be, like, in slow motion. It had to be. It, it actually was in slow motion. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I remember exactly when I was in the air when I caught the ball. And it almost felt kind of dreamlike in a way where it was so comfortable. And when you ask why did I run after that, it's like that's always just been kind of me, you know, kind of yeah. intrinsic inside of myself is that I'm always going to try to make one of those plays. Like, I don't care if that was the last play of the game. I would have done that five minutes into the game. Right. I would have done that right before halftime when I'm playing in a game. It's just that other people maybe aren't thinking that same way or maybe they think it's over or I don't know. I don't know what was going through all those people's heads because I've watched that play a few times and I'm just like, why the hell aren't you running back right now? Right. <laughs> I even asked that about some of my teammates. I'm like, this is the end of the game. Like, we need this bucket. Like, what are you guys doing? Right, right. <laughs> and so, and so, but when I was in slow motion, I just remember I was like, I had it and I was going up to shoot it. And sometimes when you're shooting floaters, it could feel a little iffy being off balance. But for some reason, I like, you saw how I just fell on the ground. And because all my focus is on make sure this ball goes in that basket. Right. Make sure I don't miss this. And so, like, when I shot it, oh, and especially having that opportunity. And that game was crazy, too, because that was, I believe, my junior year. Yeah. And we and we won the Maui Invitational, and we were all hyped up. You know, we, we, we got to number five in the country. And then we had that one tough game against Michigan State. And then that's when the snowball hit and started, and then all the injuries started coming in with Dante Colson getting injured, Matt Farrell getting injured, two of our starters. And then and so we went into that game not playing with them. So they were back at Notre Dame getting their rehab. And so we were playing without them. So we, we had a chip on our shoulder because everyone ridden, ridden us off already. They were just like, nah, they're not going to win. They don't have their two leading scorers. They're senior captains. They're not going to win. But then in our minds, we're like, no, we can do this. This is what we do. We play against these guys every single day. So why shouldn't it be our turn to go up there and try to hold them up? Well, while they're always holding us up, this is our turn. And I remember TJ Gibbs had an amazing game that game as well. Everyone contributed as well. I remember my boy, uh, my classmate, Elijah Burns, came in, gave us some great minutes. And it was just such a complete team game that that, that was one of my favorite games. And I remember FaceTiming. We all, we all FaceTiming the boys back back in South Bend, the seniors, you know, going crazy in the, in the yeah. locker room. But even though I got the tip at the end of the game or the putt back, you know, that was such a collective effort to win that game. That definitely stands out as one of my favorite games, especially in league play. So let's go back to 2015. Your top five, Cal, Notre Dame, San Diego State, Texas A&M, and Washington State. How in the world did you end up in South Bend? You know what? I don't think I've ever told this story kind of like publicly, but I'll tell it now because, you know, I'm removed from basketball. But originally, I like throughout my entire kind of from eighth grade on to like my junior year, I always thought I was going to go to Stanford. Uh, I had close communications with uh, the head coach at the time, Johnny Dawkins, and everybody there, and mm -hmm. it seemed like it was a perfect fit. It was just right. kind of one of their processes where they were waiting until the very end to offer because they wanted to make sure we were able to get into the school after we took our SATs, or ACTs, whatever you took. And so I kind of just pushed away a lot of my other offers, didn't really look at them. I was like, in my mind, I'm going to Stanford. But then all of a sudden, uh, I just remember one day I was on the road. I might have been at Peach Jam or something. I think out in Georgia for the EYBL and or South Carolina. I don't even remember where it is, but I remember seeing a shooting guard committed to Stanford. And I was like, wait, what, what do you mean a shooting guard just committed there? 
And then like, I'm not going to go too deep into it because there are some behind the scenes things. Maybe we can chat about it after. Okay. But I saw a shooting guy committed. I was like, what, what the hell? I thought I was, you've been telling me I'm your guy for the past four years. And now all of a sudden you commit a shooting guard without even talking to me about it. And they're like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Like you're still going to, you know, have a better opportunity and be able to go and play and everything. I was like, nah, even though I might be a high school, I might be a kid, but I understand where disrespect is put. So I saw that and I kind I kind of opened up my recruiting. I went to my uh, legendary head basketball coach at modern day high school, coach McDonald. I was like, Hey, I know I still got a few offers laying around. Let me see where else I can look at. This was like summer of my junior year where I wasn't really responding to a lot of people because I was like, I'm going to Stanford. And then he, he put my name back out there. And then each of those schools all had like a different reason for why I wanted to go there. So San Diego State, they were kind of like Stanford at the same time where they were recruiting me. Uh, Fisher was recruiting me since I was in middle school and I always loved it. It's close to home, amazing basketball program. And so they were they were my number two, to be honest. Uh, Washington like State. That was like, uh-huh. you were coming in right on the tail end of Kawhi, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so like a couple years after or something like that. A couple years after? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Washington State was because they were, they were saying they were going to put me on the Clay Thompson plan. I was like, that okay. sounds kind of nice. I like that. They said 30 shots as a freshman. That could be cool. And then Cal, they, they were always uh, – Quanzo Martin was there at that time. Really enjoyed their staff. Really great academic school as well in California, Pac-12. So I was like, I'll be able to see my family coming down and everything, even though it's kind of far, but get to play down south and see him. And then Texas A&M is actually where my dad went. And so, and they were just, and I forgot who they got as their head coach at that time, but they had an amazing recruiting class as well. So I could definitely see myself gelling with them. But man, I took that official visit to Notre Dame and then kind of like the book wrote itself when I went there the first time, just getting that overall feeling that you get when you walk into the campus. I just went to campus this past weekend, actually for the first time since I graduated. And it was just such a special place, man. I even teared up when I went back. I was like, this place, because when I went back too, it's like super emotional for the fact that that's a place where, first of all, gave five five of my years maturing, becoming a human or becoming a man at this university and trusting them with that. But then that was also the place where at the same time, I lost my mother during that process. So that was kind of like, when I went back there, I get that feeling of, nostalgia when it comes to thinking about her I think about my time there and how she always pushed me to work and go there and make sure that I just do what's best for me just showing how selfless of a person she is and so it just kind of all cut up to me when I went back and it's crazy to say but I almost had that feeling when I stepped onto the campus my first time for the Michigan uh, Notre Dame football game for my recruiting visit wow you were at that game yeah that 30 year old smacking oh man mm. I can't wait to get the gig that was a smackdown that game. That was a great podcast. game. We're talking to Rex Fluger, right here, former Notre Dame shooting guard. We're brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, norawhiskey.com. Okay, let's talk about it. Your favorite game that you attended. Was it that game on your trip, the Michigan-Notre Dame game, or was there another one where you're like, yo, I'll never forget being at that game? That's a tough question because that is up there, but it's like I, I was so spoiled as a football fan to be there during the times I was. And even still now, I feel like every season that we had, we had over 10 wins. 
And so right. we were consistently good, almost expecting to win every game. But I got to say, like, one of my favorite times is when I brought my brother, Devin Pfluger, who was a – he went to USC. And I brought him to the USC game. And for basketball, we sit right at right at the – right behind the end zone, right next to the yeah. tunnel when they run out. We're right over here to the right. Yeah. And I brought him down with me. And I think it might have been my sophomore year. And I think we just smacked him, just, just crushed him. And I just love looking at his face, just watching every time we scored a touchdown. And because I, I have a lot of a lot of people probably hate me for saying this, but I do have a lot of love for USC. They were my first college basketball offer. Uh, my brother went there. I used to visit him all the time there. I really enjoyed the school. So, what like? But the satisfaction that from a brother rival rivalry, just watching him, just like he was just so happy to be there and witness the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But just watching his Trojans just get crushed, I probably say it's my favorite game. Well, we share the same sentiment. I have to tell LL Nation all the time to take it easy on me, Rex, because my <laughs> hard-earned money goes to USC for tuition. So, mm, mm, you got to like him. <laughs> you have to like him. I still refuse to wear any apparel. I, refuse. I don't do that. Yeah, I refuse. My no. daughter has tried to talk me into it. She's purchased things and brought it home for the holidays. And I'm like, nope, I will mm-hmm. never do it. Never. Mm-mm. Now, am I a bad guy? Maybe as a hol- maybe as a Halloween costume though, because I'm trying to do something funny. But that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I might do that. I might do that. that you, let me know if I'm a bad dad, Rex. Because <laughs> this year, this year, I, I let her have it. I let her have it. Now she, you know, I purchased tickets for her. She has great mm-hmm. seats, by the way, in the student section. Great seats. Mm-hmm. She's like row five. Great seats. And it's so funny because they want to roll early and she's like talking trash, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm coming home. We're going to South Bend for the game. And I was like, sweetie, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you want to do that yet. You're, you guys are not ready. And they played Stanford at home, I think in week four. She texts me during the warmups and says, these Stanford guys are so big. And I'm like, yeah. And by the end of the game, I think Stanford ran for like 360 yards on the ground. I think their running backs are still running through the Coliseum somewhere. <laughs> and she was like, oh, they weren't good. And I said, yeah, it's going to get worse. And, of course, their season spiraled out of control. So mm-hmm. this year I'm definitely coming out there the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, we're gonna have to link up for that too. Let's do it. We'll throw a little note. We'll throw a little Notre Dame tailgate in the middle of everything too. Let them know. (laughs) In my mind, we're gonna have the college football playoff on the line. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley's gonna make it a big deal, and we're gonna smack him again. You know, I'll get Lincoln. Just another day in the office. Yes, yeah, just the normal, normal way we do. But I, I I give them credit. Big move by Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. Great move, and uh, in two years they might actually be a rival again. I'll give them two years. I agree with that. Let Lincoln be able to do his recruiting, you know, kind yeah. of like that Andy Enfield kind of game plan, where yeah. Andy's first couple of years weren't the best, but now USC's basketball program's taken off, and I think he just signed an extension through twenty seven, twenty eight now. So yeah.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Congratulations yeah. to him. He's doing a great job at that program. I Just got that extension. Um, my daughter's actually in Vegas for the tournament this weekend. Ooh, that's awesome. And uh, I think Boogie is like, you know, she knows a couple of players. She has this crush on Peterson. Oh, my God. Little I don't know USC basketball that. I was going to say, all I know is I think yeah. his name's Harry. No, I should know his name. It's Harrison Horney. Is it or something like that? Yeah. He went to, yeah. he went to Mar today. Did he? Yeah, he went to my high school. Now, so like, why is it? Let's, can we jump over the – what is it about USC football and modern day football? It's almost like a direct pipeline. Like kids from modern day don't look anywhere else. It's just like I'm, from the time they walk through the doors of modern day, it's made up in their minds that they're going to play at USC. I got to be honest. Modern day is I, the way that the school's kind of structured. It almost is very similar to USC okay. in the sense. Okay. And then it's just such an easy commute when it comes to that. So for recruiting purposes, super easy to get down there and get there. But, yeah. you know, to go play devil's advocate, what about Bryce Young? What about Equinemia St. Brown? Those two guys, yeah. Notre Dame, Alabama. And well, I think Bryce, modern day guys. Bryce yeah. was a commit to USC. He was. He was. He was. He was. <laughs> he was. He was. He was. But you're right. We did get EQ. We couldn't mm-hmm. get his little brother, though. We couldn't get his little brother, but we could get him too. Yeah, I still think that's great. Obviously, if we got him on, that would have been amazing, too. But EQ came into the same class as mine. He's a good friend of mine, man. Hopefully, that he could get some ball, some more balls under him this year. So, I was just talking before you came on and just talking about Notre Dame athletics. At this point, I don't know if the baseball team, basketball team, and football team have been as aligned as they are as far as successful seasons. Notre Dame literally was two innings away from going to the College World Series. And they gave the series away to Mississippi State. Notre Dame, two college football playoffs. You can book 10 wins every year, even though Brian Kelly's gone. Look for Marcus Freeman to continue the trend. They already had the number one recruiting class for the cycle of 2023. And then, look, I'll be honest. Like I said, I used to hear certain things during timeouts, pregame and postgame, producing Notre Dame basketball games. A lot of people were throwing dirt on your head coach a couple of years ago. Like a lot of people. And they were thinking, like, Mike Bray was done. What an incredible job he's done reestablishing this program and getting it back to the NCAA tournament. And he has a McDonald's All-American coming in next year as well. So just talk about the job that your head coach has done. And did you get a chance to talk to the team and him when you went back this past weekend? 
Yeah, Mike Brady's – I got to call him Coach Brady. I got to make sure I always show that respect. Any former coach always deserves the title coach. But Coach yeah. Brady, man, he's one. He's a very special person. He's an unbelievable coach. And when people are throwing – this kind of goes back to the idea that I was talking about myself when I'm playing injured. He's a, he's a head coach. It's not like he's playing out there. But he's also yeah. trying to manage a team full of injured players. And then he's also trying to figure out what's the next step. Does he make, need to make these big changes? He knows he has these expectations on him. So when people throw dirt on his name, they're not really taking the time to look at it from his perspective and seeing what the cards he was dealt. Right. And so now that he has a fully healthy team, he has that team that he's always kind of tried to line up throughout his tenure at Notre Dame, but just get them in early, get get these seniors right, get their mentals correct, put them in certain games where it's can prepare prepare them for when they get into these crucial games when it's when they're seniors to be able to lead the freshmen and now that he's a full healthy team and then shout out to Blake Wesley and Paul Atkinson they're both playing amazing both first year guys in Notre Dame Paul being a fifth year senior and then Blake obviously being a freshman potential lottery pick but it's like that core group of guys too that is truly the glue to everything which is like Nate Leshesky, Dane Goodwin, Cormac Ryan, and even the voices coming off the bench, man, it's the team is a well-oiled machine right now. I was so impressed when I was out there. And it, it just made me so happy to see the team in this position, given all the crap that we've gone through in the past few years. You know, people riding us off, people throwing that dirt on our face, and then being able to come out there and just smack people by 20 this year has been something awesome to watch. Man, absolutely. But I do have to share some blame with you because I blame Malik. I blame Amir Carlisle and every football player that claimed they used to shoot around with Jaden Ivey when he was a kid. Because I'm like, how in the world did you have this kid shooting buckets at Notre Dame as a kid and let him go to Purdue? How in the world does that happen? How in the world does that happen? Well, I think he just wanted to write a different story, you know, because yeah. a lot yeah. of people try to put him in the same bucket as Demetrius Jackson because they're close friends. You know, Demetrius yeah. is one of my teammates when I was a freshman who I love. I got to see him this past week or two. Shout out to Demetrius. Uh, so when he was coming up and then obviously having his mom being an assistant bas basketball coach for Notre Dame as well at the time, right. who's now the head coach, she like he was he was put into kind of that perspective is this is what you have to do. And I remember watching this kid when I was there as a freshman. He would be shooting in our pit, which is just this little gym that we have part of our basketball facility. And he'd be in there in all hours of the night because I used to go in there late at night too. And I would see him then just putting in his work, keeping his head down, nobody there, listening to the music, and then all he's doing is hooping. And I remember watching and I was like, this kid's going to be special. But you never know, obviously. You can just say certain things at a time. But right. now he's proving. He's out there at Purdue. Now he, I think he's a – is he a Naismith? finalist yeah. getting all these all-american accolades as a sophomore and I, I remember looking at him when i was a freshman i was like that kid's gonna be special and it's pretty it's amazing to me to see him doing it too and even though he's 574 and he didn't go to notre dame i still give him all the love in the world and wish him the best yeah I, malik always says we made him even though he yeah, exactly him, we made him so <laughs> i guess that is something to feel good about that is something to feel good about Notre Dame, we, I, I can I can agree with that statement. We did we held that. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It would have been great to have him and Blake Wesley on the same squad. Would have been that would have been dangerous. Oh. Dangerous. Do you think Blake? Of I just I, I'm being selfish because I know the way the NBA looks at talent and they project. 
I know he will be a lottery pick more than likely. But the selfish part of me just wants to say, kid, I, I promise you, it's not going anywhere. Like, you could be a top 10 pick next year. Just come back mm -hmm. and you'll be so much better for the experience. You'll be so mm -hmm. much better. No, I, I agree in a lot of the parts of that statement. You know, I was talking to him. First of all, he has an amazing family. So I know he's in good hands. I was talking to his parents this past weekend. Unbelievable people. Shout out to them. But exactly right. It's like he has those two options. But I think, well, now that in college basketball, you have the ability to go and test the waters at least. Right. Get that right. kind of somewhat pro experience to be able to go out there and see, hey, what are these NBA scouts saying about me? What do I need to work on? Am I ready? Am I able to do this? And I fully like as much as I want him to stay and help us. Hope I think we're gonna. I, I, man, I want us to win the national championship this year. But if he comes back, be special. Yeah. But I want him to go out there. I want him to test the waters. I want him to see if it's the best, best and right move for him. But in the end of the day, I think he has so many good people in his corner that he'll end up making the right decision. So I'm not worried about that. Yes, do so I think he he would gain some advantage coming back for another year? and be able to improve himself, get a little bit stronger, work on a little – he doesn't have many flaws in his game. Man. He's an unbelievable yeah. defender, unbelievable offensive threat. When I was watching this past week and his vision was just amazing, you know, I was super impressed by that. He was throwing these tight passes, making the right plays. So he's got, he's got the IQ. He's got the skills. But now he just needs to figure out whether or not it's the right decision for him. So moving into it, yes, I would love for him to come back. But I still think, obviously, with his parents' help, whether or not he wants to go test the waters, anything that's just valuable feedback and more confidence and should drive him even more to do well. And then even the other aspect we haven't talked about is the NIL. You can still find ways to get yourself paid in different avenues. Doesn't have to be that NBA salary contract right now, but you can still get some certain income coming in while being at Notre Dame, while developing yourself and furthering your education. And plus the number one part of that, I would say is the most beneficial part about Notre Dame besides the love that you get from them is the yeah. networking. You spend one more year there, man. Everybody on that campus knows you. Everybody. Remember those people's names, Blake. If you're, I don't know if you're listening to this, but meet those people. Shake those hands. Keep those business cards. Stay in contact with those because that's going to help further your progression as a person later in life as well. And he's a great kid, so I have no doubt in my mind he'll be doing that. But I just always like to throw in my two cents here and there.